All right. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Better. I am Dr. John Duffy, one of your hosts, and with me is the bubbly, vivacious, <laughs> and brilliant Julie Duffy. Oh, thank Hi, you. Babe. Hi. How are you? <laughs> Good. Good. Um, so our last guest, uh, I think, was one of the finest guests we've had on the Definitely. show. Um, it happened to be George Duffy, yep. our 22-year-old boy, man, yeah. son. It was delightful. I, I feel like this chair is... This, this chair is even emptier. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> I didn't mean for it to be a sad thing. Now that he's not here. So one cool thing about having George at home for me. Uh, so right now George is at home. He's in between finishing college and starting his job. And, um, and so I engaged him very quickly and willfully in a daily workout regimen. And so um, I get to work out with a 22-year-old who knows what he's doing and he's kind of kicking my butt a little bit, which is great. He is. We're also having, I'm having a blast. So we run every other day. We're down in the basement working out um, on alternate days. And um, you can tell I'm huge. And I'm going to the hit locker. And you're going to the hit locker. We're all like ridiculously <laughs> in good shape. So <clears throat> today um, happened to be a lower body day for George and I. Okay. So we're doing all these squats and things like this, and it's hard. And um, and in the middle of it, George takes a, a peek at his phone, and he's like, oh, God. And I'm like, what? And he's like, nothing. It's just stupid. It's the internet. It's the worst place in the world. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and, and he was just reading some awful headline of what's going on in politics and, you know, um, but but he meant it. He's like, you know, uh, you know, we're all looking at the internet every day, right? And it's this sewer half the time, more than half the time, ninety percent of the time. Such a sewer. With you know, and and most of us have like you know the CNN pop up nightmare. You know what I mean? Yep. Like so, every day there's something awful. <laughs> you can count on it. And you know, this morning there was something awful. Yesterday there was something really awful. Okay. Anyway, John today read a headline. Yeah, go ahead. To George and I, that I think you said dismembered feet keep washing up on Canadian shore. Western Canadian shore, but this <laughs> this is this is a fact. Um, I don't know. You did what, say that, right? I, I said that. You are not making it up. Um, that's a perfect. I'm so case sorry. In point. I'm so sorry. I brought that up. No, but, but I just I just realized and 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 we were uh, uh, horrified in the moment, but I forgot about it. That's how desensitized we are. Right. And I didn't even want to know more about it. Right. And 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 there are probably fifteen times a day or more where we see something like that. Really, that awful. I mean, I don't even know if that stands out. You know, because there are things happening. I'm thinking of things that I refuse to Don't state. share them with me. I'm not going to share them with you. Uh, if they're worse than that. Julie's not much for bad news, people getting hurt, people dying, and bad news. Those are your least favorite four things. Or sickness. Or sickness. Aging. Right. Dying. <laughs> illness. So um, yet we are inundated. Uh, to George's point, <laughs> we are inundated with this stuff virtually all the time. And so we need these counterpoints. Um, and and one, bit of, one thing I find myself clicking on 
every day is somebody in my Facebook feed, I'm not sure who, is a big Mr. Rogers person. Oh, okay. And so there's this thing coming out. Um, it's a documentary about Mr. Rogers. And I watch it every day. Oh, really? Honestly, every day. <laughs> I, just, I was just thinking about this a minute ago. I watch it every day. And every day, honest to God, I cry a little bit. Wow. <laughs> okay, you need to show it to me. Because it's, 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 um, it's just a documentary. It shows him backstage, him testifying before Congress about uh, funding for public TV. And successfully, by the way. And he did this show for decades and, um, and I remember when I was a kid, I didn't think much about Mr. Rogers. My brother, Tom, watched Mr. Rogers oh, really? all the time. So it wasn't until I was well into my teen years that I looked back on this. And I re- it was really kind of a puzzle to me why anybody liked or cared about this. Um, and now I'm keenly aware of the hero this man was in so many ways. Um, you know what's what I'm thinking right now, which what? is so – I feel – terrible about what i hope nothing bad ever comes out about him crossed my mind too i mean i that's all i can think about right now so as you're talking think about the fact that we're thinking about that you know how i know that makes me sick yeah i know no but let's let's hope that 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 intuition is something that's just been implanted in us that fear that anxiety that you know like oh anybody could have done something god awful you know what i mean his so he was reaching out through the television screen to the lonely, to all kids, lonely kids, you know, sad kids, right? Like I'm here for you. You're not. You're not alone. You're my neighbor. We're you're, friends. Yeah, yeah. You're my yeah. neighbor. We're friends. And maybe I'll tell you why I have some comfort about our fears about this. Okay. Because um, if I remember right, there was no live audience, and so he. So every kid is protected by the screen, no matter what. <laughs> and there, so yes, you know what I mean. So. Like in in a way, it's like you know, um, every once in a while he has Mr. McFeely come by, which I gotta say that name, <laughs> that you know, if anybody's suspect there, it's gotta be Mr. Aww. McFeely, who I think was the postman, right? Mm-hmm. Who, who who delivered the mail? Mr. McFeely, right? I think so. And then there was those puppets, right? And the train. Yeah. The, well, the train takes you to a different town or something. A little trolley. Pu- puppet bill. The trolley. Yeah, and it takes you to a little puppet area, which, you know, little kids are watching this. So, you know, that's... That's good. It's significant. It means something to them. And and we all know the layout of Mr. Rogers' house. Yep. I don't. It didn't yeah. have a bathroom, as far as I know. I don't think so. No. <laughs> or a kitchen. <laughs> or a or a, blessedly a bedroom, just a living room and a kitchen. <laughs> oh, no, no. Right? <laughs> oh, we are really... Ooh. We're jumping the shark here yeah. fast. All right, this all brings us to... Um, so, so I think we need balance. And in the name of a podcast called Better, yeah, it's probably uh, on us to bring some degree of balance to some of that bad news, the feet washing up on the Canadian shores, for example. Um, yes. And so I think that brings us to a discussion of uh, a deep discussion of the American sitcom Parks and Recreation, don't you? Yeah. We keep, we've mentioned that show before. I don't know if... Y'all have watched it, but um, there's a show within the show. Right. Um, it's the Johnny Karate show, right? right. Yes. Um, and we keep, well, you explain. What, <laughs> All right. So, so here's uh, Chris Pratt um, plays Andy, Andy. Dwyer. Andy Dwyer on the show. Um, probably 
my very favorite sitcom moron. Um, yeah, it really, lovable. It's it. Every goofball. sitcom has an idiot, but no idiot is more lovable or or more um, brilliantly stupid than Andy. Um, so major kudos to Chris Pratt, and also his Twitter handle is Pratt Pratt Pratt, which <laughs> I just is. love. <laughs> well, I need to him. Yeah. Um, well, so Chris Pratt plays Johnny Karate. He likes alter egos. Okay, wait. So he is in a band. In he's in a band on the show called Mouse Rat. Correct. And it's just this metal band, kind yeah, it's of, a right? Banging cover band. So right. they one day get a gig at a kid's birthday party. The bandmates drop out. He goes in. Right? Isn't that how it started? You're, you're, you're killing it. He goes here. in with no idea how to sing to little kids because he sings about like sex and stuff. <laughs> and he ends up and getting hammered, like, singing about, um, you know, poop, poop and yeah. boogers and Johnny yeah. Karate. And then the show is born. <laughs> right, right. So, so he becomes a Pawnee, Indiana legend on TV because he puts on the Johnny Karate show. So he. He wears a the, the whole white karate kimono outfit, and um, and he has little segments with a bunch of your favorite Pawnee characters, characters uh, from the Parks and Rec show, who are friends of his, including Professor Smartbrain. Well, and and we keep we have talked about this many times about doing a podcast about this, and you know, hopefully, it translates. Um, the show is. We've been watching it with George since he's been back, and it is, I think I definitely laugh every time and cry every time. Um, oh, you mean at Parks and Rec at Parks, itself? At, in rec, Parks and Rec in general. Right. Um, it's your antidote to the office, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, but so this show, um, what they talk about on this little show, the Within Johnny the Karate show, show yeah. are... Five karate moves to success. And and these karate moves, by the way, show up first in song and last in song and then in segments within the show, right? Right. Okay. And so, you know, we always talk about how this is really all – this is the a recipe for – it should be a recipe for every day, I think, right? It is um, – when you when you hear these, it's going to sound ridiculously simplistic. It is a little sitcom within a sitcom bit, and yet, but I think the, the simple wisdom of these five things is so ridiculously obviously the best way to live your life that we decided to dedicate a podcast to it. Yeah, yeah. So, so the five karate moves to success are: make something, learn something, karate chop something. <laughs> Try something new, even if you're scared, and be nice to someone. And most importantly, be nice to someone. And this is this is uh, presented to you on the show at for, by Johnny, without irony. This is um, this is what the show is really about. So he goes uh, with with Ron Swanson, and he makes something. Right? They create something out of cherry wood, and, yep. and Johnny Karate wants to taste and see if it tastes like cherry. But he wants, oh, yeah. right? Um, and then you learn something with Professor Smartbrain. Um, he learned about geography on the show we watched. Oh, that's right. Uh, you karate chop something, which he had all his the mailman. Little ninjas <laughs> attack the mailman, Jerry. Um, 
You, so, so what would our iteration of Karate Chop something be? Julie wants to be very, very clear that Karate Chop something doesn't mean hurt the mailman. First so, off. no, 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 no. I, but so maybe like you know, slay something like go like for you, it, like you did your workout. Go for it. Yeah, do something badass today. That's yeah. what Karate Chop something means. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Go all in. Right. Yeah. That's that's Johnny Karate Chopping something for sure. And then try something new, even if you're scared, which, think about it, guys, seriously, that, that is a, a great piece of advice. I mean, yeah. you know, if you really stop and give that a moment, try something new, even if you're scared. I mean, that, that's, that colors most of my days, I think. I think there's, a, in almost every day, I'm trying to think of my days lately, there's been a moment where I have... Uh, tried something new clinically with with, with a client. Um, tried some new medium for getting a message across, um, and all of it's been. Anytime you try something new, there's a little bit of anxiety around it. Yeah. And yet, most of us would say, when I step outside my comfort zone, that's a better story for yeah, me. Yeah, definitely. Right? You know, um, and way too many of us, because we're scared, we keep the good stuff in. And that, oh God, I see that in people all the time, man. Yeah. I see, I see this brilliance kind of um, held so close to the vest. And I sometimes I think my only job is to get people to relinquish that hold just a little bit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, and then the last one is just be nice to someone, you yeah. know? Like, come on. Every day. Every day. Yeah. I mean, you know, so. So um, make something. I, I, I need to do more making things. Do you think um, you do enough making things? I don't do enough of any of these. <laughs> <laughs> Truth. Well, maybe, maybe that's the, our point is maybe none of us do enough of any of these. Um, yeah. Like I admire people who think this way, you know? Yeah. It's um, that there's something to be said for irony and sarcasm, right? I love I love that kind of grim humor. Like what do you mean? Um I I, I like I like The Office. <laughs> I like Michael Scott. I I like that twisted dark humor. Yeah. But uh and and I liked okay, so let I'm going to bring up this is this is going to be our television podcast, mm-hmm. I think. So, I always from the day he was on the air, I liked David Letterman when I was a kid. He was crazy he wasn't always upbeat he would he would kind of go on the attack a little bit with his guests and do something really um bizarre and and now so letterman went off the air about three years ago and netflix calls him and says hey want to do a show you can do it occasionally you can do whatever whatever you want you can do it in front of an audience you can do it alone letterman decides yeah, I want to do something better, <laughs> really, is what he decided, if you listen to him talking on the show. And so he has interviewed, let's see, um, Malala. He has interviewed Tina Fey. He's interviewed Jerry Seinfeld, Barack Obama, George Clooney. Howard Stern. And Howard Stern. And, um, and you see a different side of this sardonic comedian um, that is sweeter and kinder and more deep and thoughtful, and I love it so much that I get shaky <laughs> yeah. when I watch it. And um, 
in search he, of meaning. He's it, in right? Search of, He's yeah. in search of meaning. And he wants to do something good. He yeah. wants you, you can feel the urge to leave some kind of positive legacy. And I find it so wildly inspiring, you know, because here's a guy who got the old man beard going and could have literally galloped off into the sunset. Right. You know, like that seemed like what he wanted to do. He was grouchy, he was grumpy, and he decided to write a better story, turn the page, and literally make something, learn something, karate chop something big time, yeah. uh, try something completely new, and be nice to someone. Yeah, actually. <laughs> David Letterman yeah. did that, right? And that's, yeah. what, that's what his show, that's why his show blows me away more than the old show did ever. We stopped, we were talking about the fact that, you know, we always loved Letterman, but we did stop watching him 10 years ago because we thought, I kind of, we get it now. That's you know what true, I mean? Like, yeah. yeah, well, I want to watch Fallon now. I want to see, you know, yeah. see somebody smash an egg on his head. <laughs> but, but I think, you know, that's, that's why I love that show. I've been thinking about, like, why do I love these Letterman interviews so much, every single one of them? And it's because they're, he's going now for this deeper thing, this authenticity. And I loved his old shows. They were, they were upbeat and entertaining, and he turned that whole talk show format on its head. You know, I'll do a monologue, but I'm going to wear uh, soccer cleats <laughs> with my suit, and I'll interview people, but every once in a while, I'm going to wear Alka-Seltzer and dip myself into water. You know, right. like, um, so that's, you know, back then, I think he probably did, lived the Johnny Karate way, but now he is absolutely going for it, and it's it's really sweet and inspiring and, and the best possible story a David Letterman could write. Yep. And, and so we watched that on a Sunday night, his interview with Jerry Seinfeld and with Howard Stern. Yeah. Um, and I had trouble sleeping that night because I was, I don't know what, somehow that excited me. Like it, just seeing him talking to Stern and Seinfeld and seeing these men who are all comedians, goofballs, professional goofballs, talk deeply and sincerely about family and love and the meaning of their work um, and really work it through. Like yeah. Seinfeld and Letterman were interviewing each other and Letterman was saying, eh, I wish I'd quit my job earlier and done something good. And Jerry was saying, well, you're wrong because you've been doing something good the whole time. You've, you know, you're a cultural icon and you make people happy. What more do you yeah. want? You know? yeah. yeah, don't apologize for that. Yeah. Um, and and Howard, who you know, I think people think is on the whole, is you know some kind of awful shock jock of a guy, has and maybe he was when he started because we didn't listen to him when he started. Oh, but, he was. But now, I, I mean, I I've always liked him, but now I mean, there is no one who does a better interview than him. I mean, his interviews are riveting with everyone because he asks the questions you. He's it's, he's just so in the moment, and he just asks the questions that you want to ask. You know, all of them. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, the the, the thing about them. Howard is he yeah. that he'll ask the next question you wouldn't yeah. ask. He'll yeah. ask that one. Yeah. You know, yeah. and he has he's created the situation in his life where he has license to do that. And so it's I always love to see somebody when they are either in their moment, in their element, um, the very best um, of best version of themselves, or the best at what they do. I, I love that because I think I aspire to that even now to this day. I think like, okay, I want I want that feeling. When I see Springsteen on the stage, when I see Letterman doing this show, um, when I see Seinfeld on stage, you know, um, 
And then there's like you and I talked one time about um, the woman working the makeup counter at Walgreens. Like some people like it, it doesn't have to be, you know, like I'm bigger than life. It's just like I'm all in. I'm living and I'm living large. Right. You know, whatever, whatever that means, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> so I, I think the um, the broad point here is um, check out check out the Johnny Karate thing, you know, and, and, um, just watch the show within the show. It's, it's goofy and it's ridiculous, but it is, it is upon a moment's reflection, incredibly profound. Yeah. So Julie, you want to reiterate what are our, uh, what are the five the karate, five karate moves to success? So yeah, it's a kid show and they're trying to teach kids what's important. And so, um, it's a great reminder for everyone. Um, make something, learn something, karate chop something, try something new, even if you're scared, and most importantly, be nice to someone. Seems goofy, but that's it. Not, that's not the that recipe goofy. for a life well lived, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's weird. I'm thinking about um, my dad. I don't know why. Everyone, I think about my dad a lot, you know, but um, he... Well, when we walked in, that song was playing that... Oh, <laughs> right, 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 right. My dad loved Wham. <laughs> he liked George Michael so and Wham, and he liked Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go. Um, and so on our uh, long driving trips down to Florida from here in Chicago, he and I would listen to Wham, and he would make me play... And, and it, this is the cassette days, so I'd have to rewind the beginning of Wake Me Up Before You Go Go. Oh, I'd right. have to find the beginning of it, you know. And he didn't like there was some song, Careless Whisper or something was on somewhere else on the cassette, and he didn't want to hear that one, you know. No, I want to hear the Go Go one. Like, let's play that one, Johnny. Let's go, you know. And he he wouldn't dance or anything, but he'd put on sunglasses and want to look cool. And oh, that's uh, cute. yeah, yeah, he dug it. He was way into it, and that's probably why I'm thinking of him. And I always wish my dad had lived a little longer because I think he would have had a little more Johnny Karate in him in his 70s than he did in, in his life previously because he he had some Johnny Karate in him that was left on the table. He always uh, was nice to someone. Yeah. Um, that was part of his life. Um, but I think he could have tried something new more often. I think he could have karate chopped way more things because yeah. he was big, man. <laughs> he had karate chopped. There was a lot of karate left in him, you know, um, friggin' emphysema, man. Um, he could have learned more things. He could have seen more things and experienced more things. I suppose we could add that. And um, if he ever made anything, I never saw it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, like he probably could, we, we all Duffy's could have made something, you know, like, yeah. and, uh, well, well, oh, he made you a uh, basketball hoop ooh. out of a picnic table. This is this is a story worth telling. I just right. Yes. So um, uh, I've probably given you the impression that we didn't grow up rolling in cash. So um, at one point in my childhood, me and my buddies we took up basketball with a fever. We played basketball. All day, every day. We were either at Danny's house or Ed's house, Mark's house, Mitch's house, but we were playing basketball. And most of my friends, because we lived in the suburbs, had a garage, <laughs> you know, for cars. <laughs> well, the Duffy house, as it turns out, had a large backyard because there was no garage when I was a little kid. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. The garage was, the, the garage you saw 
when when we got married, that was not there when I was a kid. There was nothing there. There was a carport thing between that, you know, between the houses. So recognizing, oh, I want my kid to be able to play basketball at our house. So my dad, <laughs> this, this is an unbelievable story. He got, he went to, uh, so there was a, a baseball diamond two blocks from our house. And as you know, baseball diamonds are covered in sand. My, right. So I'm going to give you, I'm going to tell you, this is my dad's story of making something. Thank you, Julie, for yeah. bringing this up. <laughs> So at night, at night, my dad would fill the trunk. He would line the trunk of his car because he didn't want anything dirty in it. And he would go and fill the trunk with sand. Sneak. Yo, he stole it. (laughs) (laughs) And then he would, and he would make, he made this beach in our backyard, effectively. It was a beach that was probably 15 by 15. You're kidding. No. Hang with me here. My dad's uncle lived down the street from us, Uncle Jack. I don't know if you remember this. Um, no. He was gone by the time we by, by the time we knew each other, I think. But he had um, paving stones that were probably, well, let's say, two feet long, one feet wide in his yard. So my dad went and t- took Jack's patio, <laughs> and he leveled out the sand with the Chevy as best he could, just driving the tires back and forth and wow. back and forth over the sand. You know, this is like, there's no YouTube. He's making this up as he goes along. So he flattens this out as best he can, and he lays this stone down, and he pours sand on top of the stone so that it sinks in and fills in the gaps. Then he takes this massive wooden pole that he found behind the Dominic's grocery store near our house, and um, so now he's got the pole that's going to support the basketball hoop for me, right? But he doesn't have a backboard, and he doesn't have five bucks to his name. So he goes back to Uncle Jack's house, and he starts scavenging around the backyard, and he finds a picnic table. And he takes the top off the picnic table, he spray paints it white, and that top of the picnic table is my backboard. Well, did he cut it into the shape of a backboard or just... Nope. <laughs> nope. It was a massive friggin' backboard. Uh, the, the, the great part of the story. So, and, and he cements this thing into the ground. He digs a hole two feet. He it, it puts it, like locks it into the ground. He puts these big support posts on it. It looks ridiculous. Um, and the only thing he buys is the hoop. I think he might have got it from the Timmer's house. <laughs> I think he got the hoop from the neighbors next door. Um, he might, might have bought the net. And so he puts this thing up. And, you know, Johnny, here's your basketball court. I made it for you, which is the greatest That's, thing, right? You know, I don't, I don't think you've ever told me the detail of that story. No? I pictured a backboard and a hoop on a garage. Oh, no. Oh no! Yeah, no, no, no. This was a very yeah. elaborate, weeks long. He made you a basketball. He court. made me a basketball court. Yes, yes. Now that's amazing. Now my dad um, was not an athlete, and he couldn't care less about sports. My dad would go to the gym because he liked being around people, and um, and he would dress like he was a gym guy. Before he went to the gym in the morning. He would look at the Chicago Sun-Times because the Chicago Sun-Times sports section was in the back, and he could look at the headlines and tell what teams were in season. 
So he could ask Jim Murphy at the club, you know, hey, how about the Bulls? Or, hey, how about the Cubs? Got it. And that's the end of my dad's knowledge. If yeah. you asked him, who's the quarterback again? He'd be like, nope, don't know. Never knew as I never went. We went to a Cubs game one time, and we were gone by the third inning because we had to get to the pool. He wanted to be at the pool. He didn't care about baseball. It was it was just ticking off the list, right? This is an – I can't believe we're telling this story. So he doesn't know how sports work. He knows he, what a basketball court roughly looks like. So all this gets set up. He puts the hoop on. And um, my friend Eddie was the tallest of us by far, and he could touch the rim. But he couldn't get within about a foot of my rim because I think my dad made it about 11 feet high. Oh, he, <laughs> it was too high. So we all had to adjust our shooting to, to hit that hoop. But everybody played at my house. And because nobody drank in the Duffy family, there was Cokes. So we, we got basketball and Cokes in the backyard. And my dad created kind of a party where me and my friends would all be That's all the time. Awesome. We played all the time. So so that court that was sand and cement worked? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we made it work. And we would play three-on-three tournaments in my yard. That's awesome. Actually, I never really thought about how awesome that was, really. I mean... That is a great story. I yeah. Mean, that, that, I can see that, that that's a movie, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was something. I mean, it was so... When I say my dad never made anything, I so take that back. You so take that back. I so take that back because... Uh, yeah, we, we had um, – my dad was not great with younger kids, but, man, that when he came through, he came through big. And and when you don't have money, you just become so crafty and inventive. And, you know, like we never had an, any idea <laughs> that that we didn't have money. You know what I mean? Like we – really, we had a house. You know yeah. what I mean? Like everybody else had a house. You know, like if we needed something, you know, we out clothes, you know, yeah. like shoes and stuff and, you know, um, high C. Everything was good. You know what I mean? Like, um, so I, I guess I feel better about my dad and his uh, his Johnny Karate life. Yeah, he was. Yeah. He had a lot of Johnny Karate in him. He, more than we thought. You know. So he, uh, yeah, he. Wow, I think in that story, he did. Uh, he did everything. He did all five karate moves. Well, why don't we? Why don't we end on that note? He you made tell, something. To, to, go go ahead. He learned something. Uh, how to make it. He learned how to make a basketball court. He for crying out loud. karate chopped that crap. Out of <laughs> I mean, right? Yeah, he, he did. He karate he chopped. He tried it something hard. new. Yeah. And uh, even if he, he was probably um, at least you know, if not scared, nervous, and he was stealing. <laughs> oh, he was definitely nervous stealing. He was definitely like you know the the idea of stealing the sand that was first of all brilliant because there. We're landlocked. There's no sand in Park Ridge, Illinois, other than on a baseball diamond. <laughs> so the idea of lifting the sand from the baseball diamond and pouring it in your own yard was badass oh at the time. And, and the Park Ridge police had nothing to do with it. Look for <laughs> sand thieves. And he, you know, and he was, and that was so nice. That was he so did, nice. Oh my God, it was the nice one of the nicest things anybody's ever done for me. Yeah, really. So thank you, Walt Duffy. <laughs> Man, you Johnny Karate champion. He Johnny Karateed. Yeah, more than you thought. All right, guys. Well, that's the idea. Karate chop something and Johnny Karate uh, tomorrow. So yeah. think about, you know, making something, learning something, karate chopping something, trying something new, even if you're afraid, and be nice to someone. Yeah.
this is better, you guys. Yeah. Uh, that, thanks for listening. That'll definitely make things better. Yeah. Right. Okay, honey. I love you. Love you. This is a fun <laughs> one, right? Yeah. All right. We're going to keep this one. <laughs> All right. Oh, wait. Where can people find the better uh, podcast here? iTunes, Podbean, WGM Plus, DrJohnDuffy.com, and the Pear app. Check out the Pear app, parents, by the way. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time.